Hello and welcome to another episode. Today we start with the topic, Stephen He Copyright Claims My Video. So you guys likely know of the content creator Stephen He, and if you don't watch his content directly, you've probably seen his meme, EMOTIONAL DAMAGE! I myself have used it probably twice in my content, because it's pretty funny as a little reaction meme to something that happens. And so I was surprised when I woke up yesterday, and I found that in my pacifist video, my two hour long, over two million views, episode 26 of pacifist, the entire thing is content ID claims because of the three second clip of Stephen He saying emotional damage. You're kidding! Emotional damage! It's especially funny because it's not even technically the original meme because it's two different files spliced together of him saying the line. I actually took the effort to improve the original meme, but that's beside the point. Even had I not done that, it's three seconds in a two hour video. Now, Alex is asking, is this an auto claim? And I can't tell now because I've disputed it, obviously. And this isn't a big deal, of course, because what's probably gonna happen is Collab is gonna reject this dispute, which they can do. And then I'm gonna, of course, then re-dispute, which no da, this is clearly fair use they're not gonna be willing to take me to court because that's what they would have to do to keep the claim on there. And so if they don't do that, the content ID claim will go away. With that being said, if they do take me to court, cool. Because there's no way in hell they would win this. Technically, the duration of something isn't the sole determinant of whether something is fair use. But this particular usage targets a different audience for a completely different purpose, contains so little of the original, and does not compete in the same market, and is not a substitute for the original. It fits every single one of the guidelines of what fair use is meant to defend. And so they have no chance. And they probably know that, right? It's just, if they claim enough things, especially for newer content creators who are just afraid of doing something wrong, they'll get away with it a significant amount enough of the time that it's worth it for them money-wise. What surprises me though, is that Stephen He's doing this. He's making fat stacks. I'm surprised that he would potentially want to risk his reputation in some way by having a third party go around claiming stuff for him. Because while it's certainly true, there can be a lot of re-uploads, and there are a lot of re-uploads of Stephen He's content that he probably should get money for. When you use the third party, you run the risk of this happening, where they end up over-claiming stuff just because they get more money if they do that, and they don't really care about your reputation necessarily. So they do things like this. So I'd say this is not a big deal. I'm surprised it's happening, but it's just a... Uh, a thing that happens when people get big and they sign contracts potentially or get managers where this is like a, a default feature of being involved and, and, and this sort of stuff happens. Oh, are you asking whether this is certainly from Stephen He? Uh, I mean, Collab DRM is known for doing this kind of stuff. It could be possible that someone else is claiming stuff on behalf of Stephen He, but Collab DRM is known in this space. So probably unlikely. Is this even legal? Probably not if they're knowingly claiming things that they do not have any rights to. But how do you prove that in court? I don't want to say whether this is legal or not. You'd assume not. But obviously, it's not illegal to say, make a mistake or or what have you. As long as this dispute goes away, I don't lose any money for it and stuff, so. Because all the money is being held until the dispute is done. And even then, the video probably isn't getting that much money these days anyway. YouTube is adding back the sort by oldest feature and more. So for those who don't know, there's something called Creator Insider on YouTube, which is YouTube themselves every week reporting on like new features that are being pushed out to the platform. These videos get 
ridiculously few views, considering it's like the first place where all this stuff is talked about. You can tell that it's official because in the back end, it constantly promotes the videos. So you get these tabs that look like this. Create an insider this week at YouTube, this week at YouTube, and then you click it. I'm surprised that these videos are only getting like 20,000 views or whatever, but this must go out to like every creator on the back end. I guess the vast majority of people just ignore them. It's, it's strange to me. Regardless though, they talk about a few things here. The first thing is that they're bringing back sort by oldest, which is cool. You used to be able to press a button and show the oldest videos. The reason why they removed that and said at the time, like we're only removing it temporarily because it was broken, is because it only worked when they had live streams, videos, and shorts all in one tab. When they separated them, it broke the functionality of sort by oldest. And they've now finally fixed it, so it's come back. It was very annoying to have to scroll back to the beginning of a channel if you want to see their first videos. Another thing that they're changing is if you go to a person's YouTube channel right now, what you end up seeing is something like this, where like it's their newest videos and then shorts and whatever playlist that they put here. But ideally what you'd want is the algorithm recommending videos that the viewer wants to watch. A person who's like dedicated to watching all my content, they've already seen these videos. If they want to find some new video from Dark Fiber AU that they haven't seen, this is not useful for them. So what they're changing it to is at the top here, it's going to be algorithm recommended videos from the channel that you've clicked to. So when you go to the channel page, you're not gonna have to go to videos and scroll and try and find something you haven't seen. The algorithm will be like, hey, here's some videos from this channel that you've clicked on that you might wanna see, which will be good for people discovering you for the first time. And it will be good for people who know of your content and looking for something they haven't seen before. It's a good change. So yeah, two changes coming forth from YouTube that I quite approve of. We've talked before about the AV1 encoder and how it would be a lot better for streaming because you could have higher quality for less bitrate. So like say I currently stream with 8K bitrate 1080p on Twitch because that's the max I can do. But if I had the AV1 encoder instead of H.264, which is the standard which I'm that everyone uses, it would be like I was using 12K bitrate, which is roughly what you need to never have any like pixelation in a fast motion scenes at 1080p. So like everyone's very eager to have Twitch finally support AV1, even though I would never record an AV1 because Adobe Premiere doesn't support it. Adobe Premiere never bloody adds new file formats. Regardless, a surprising update recently happened with this. I learned about this via TechLinked. And live streaming on YouTube just got an upgrade thanks to the newly released OBS Studio 29.1, which now supports streaming to YouTube using the AV1 encoder. For those of you whose ears didn't just perk up when I said AV1 encoder. This, however, not a good enough reason for me to go back to YouTube. I do not care enough to bother doing that. But I do think because of the AV1 encoder and YouTube's compression algorithms that streams on YouTube will probably now look better on average than streams on Twitch. The comparisons do show that pretty clear. Being stuck on Twitch for the reasons I've talked about before, I just prefer to being here. I hope Twitch finally rolls out AV1. Now YouTube can work on the rest of the live streaming experience. Exactly. Previously, in a handful of videos, I've discussed something that Clicks Philip did a long time back where he went through the difficult process of advertising his own YouTube videos on YouTube itself. Where you can pay a certain amount of money and the ads that appear, rather than showing like ads for random stuff, will show ads for videos themselves. And his experience with it wasn't particularly positive. Like it, it got him some views, but it wasn't particularly valuable. And you certainly couldn't like pay enough money really to become a successful YouTuber. But with that being said, it seems as though YouTubers trying to make this paying for exposure easier. This is not available to me on my main channel, but it is available to me on my VOD channel. 
Grow your channel's popularity and engagement by promoting your videos on YouTube. Running a promotion helps attract new viewers who can boost your subscriptions, views, likes, and other engagement with your channel. And there's one of my VODs showing an example of it appearing there. And it would usually say sponsor next to it or something, or add. This was an experiment done by Clicks Philip a long time ago, like a couple of years ago, I think. But this is something that TikTok has, I believe, where you can pay money to promote your videos. Am I correct? Promote is an advertising tool you can use in the TikTok app to help you get more people to discover your videos, guide more people to your website, and improve your chances to gain followers. This means that your video will be displayed as an ad for the time that you promote your video. So this is not likely YouTube being like, oh, that clicks Philip, man, he had an interesting idea. It's more that they're just copying stuff from TikTok because they want to make more money. One, I don't like the idea of social media being pay to win. It already has so many imbalances in terms of people who are already successful having a much higher chance of maintaining that success and growing further. I don't think the added thing of expecting people to pay money to promote their videos is, is a good solution to that or make things better at all. But I'm also not sure that it will work necessarily, right? The algorithm is already trying to promote your videos to people who will watch it. If you pay money, what is it going to do? Just widen the amount of people that it sends the video to? If it already can't find an audience for your video, what's going to change? Like rather than targeting a 4% click-through rate, they'll target a 1% click-through rate? If this came to my main channel, maybe I'd experiment with it just to see what it would do for a video or something. I'm not going to bother doing it on my VOD channel. I guess it could be good for smaller channels to get a small audience. I just can't imagine you're getting a return on that investment though. All these kind of shortcuts that people try to take, I don't think are very effective. If your content is bad and is therefore not gaining an audience, promoting it more isn't going to help you. With that being said, people who are already successful can make videos that are bad in the sense that if a small creator did the exact same thing, those videos won't do well. That's obvious. Like look at a Moist Critical video and like, He'll admit to you, like, if, he, if people do the exact same thing he does right now as, as, as a small creator, they will get nowhere. Videos like that wouldn't get recognition by anyone. It's the brand recognition carrying those videos. If you're not succeeding naturally, I just don't know how throwing money at it is really going to solve that problem. It's not going to make you a better creator. It's not going to make your content better. I suspect a lot of large creators don't have a lot of experience judging smaller creators and looking at their content and, and and what have you. But because I frequently ask you guys, do you want to edit for me and stuff? I have gone through at this point, hundreds upon hundreds of small channels, channels that the people running them think are great. And I look at them and go, I could write you 15, 20, 30 pages explaining all the things that you're doing wrong, but I should have the time. I look at them and go, this channel will always sit at a couple of hundred views for the rest of the t rest of time because of mistakes that it makes. And it's just, that person probably thinks their channel is doing great, they're doing the right things, but they're not. The sort of person who's likely going to use this product are people who are not successful right now, think they deserve to be more successful, but probably don't actually deserve to be more successful. But despite that, they're going to shovel money into this, vainly trying to get somewhere and they'll get nowhere. This seems like abusing desperate small creators. That's my impression as well. But it'd be worse if this actually works, where it just came to be the case that the people who are spending the most money back to YouTube were the ones that'd be successful. So if I gave 10% of my paycheck to YouTube, it would increase my revenues by 25%. And therefore it's worth me just continuously doing that, giving greater portions to increase the growth until diminishing returns kicks in. But I would have to test this to know. Creating YouTube content is easier than ever before. So I was recommended a video recently by Simbo. It's titled, Is GTA 5 Still a Good Game? On some level, I'm not sure why I watched this, considering like, well, yeah, it is obviously still a good game. But I was just clicking through, 
and it had like 17,000 views when I saw it. It's a month old. It has 18,000 now. And I was like, it's a pretty well-produced video. Good voiceover, well-edited, good effects and stuff. Nothing that like blows me away or something, but like, oh, this, is, this is pretty good. And I noticed how few subscribers he had. And this was his first video. And I was like, this video is really good for a first video on a channel. And being in a position where I was looking for people to edit for me, I was like, maybe I could offer this dude work or something. I was hesitant to do so because I was like, if you're making a video like this, you're, you're pretty passionate about the creative process and stuff. Uh, maybe they'd be offended if I was like, hey, just come edit for me or whatever instead of doing stuff on your own channel. Regardless, I wanted to look into this dude a bit more. And so I went to his links and I went to his Twitch and I was like, oh, his content from this channel has been removed at the request of the copyright holder. I'm like, that is really rare on Twitch. And so it's got me even more interested on th this dude making his first video being a very good video, him getting removed from Twitch for violating copyright. Who is this dude? And so on his Twitter explained, just got banned for streaming Tears of the Kingdom. Viewership was insane. Serotonin and adrenaline are off the charts. That was worth it. So this was him streaming the leaked copy of Nintendo's new Zelda game, Tears of the Kingdom. I wonder how many people are doing that on that platform now. Because I think it leaked on 4chan or something. Is that true? I just know it leaked somewhere. I, I, I'm not interested. I, I hear whispers about that everywhere. But there still wasn't much information about him here. And I was just curious if this was like his first channel. Or if he'd done other work somewhere else. And this was like a new channel that he created. So I went into his Discord. And he happened to be there. And I was like, this is awkward. <laughs> I was like, here I am, like, stalking this dude's socials. And I feel like I've been caught in the act. <laughs> and he's like, is this the real Dark Vap AU? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so I had a conversation with him. He seems like a, a nice dude. Uh, ended up being 16 years old, which was surprising to me. But that obviously means I, I can't give him work anyway, because I don't want to navigate the nuances of laws between countries in regards to people who are under the age of 18. But nonetheless, it was basically his first video. And he just put a lot of time and effort into it, and so was able to produce something good. And it highlights to me how, while it's a lot harder to get into the industry now, because it's very saturated, there's so many people at the top and whatnot, it is far easier now than ever to create something good if you're willing to do the legwork, like watch tutorials, learn from people who are already in the industry making good stuff. When I was 16, like 16 years ago, it would be impossible for a person to make a video of that quality. Videos of that quality weren't even conceived of. The, the best creators on the platform were not making videos that were this good. And I just found that funny to think about. Comparing this dude's effective first video to effectively my first video, and the quality is night and day. Like my first video would be like negative 10. Well, this is like a seven out of 10 video relative to the platform. Go watch this video by Sembo, is GTA 5 still a good game? If you're gonna go though, watch the whole thing because it is terrible for a channel if you go watch videos like halfway or only a little bit if they're a new channel. If you're interested in potentially seeing what this dude does in the future, watch the video is what I'm saying. Yes, 16 years ago, I am twice this dude's age. So like I don't have much to say about this. I just found it to be a kind of a funny little journey that I went down in terms of uh, reflecting upon the differences between the market then and the market now. I guess you could say like it's kind of like traversing a path where the people who try to walk along it the first time have a hard time of it because there's so many obstacles in the way and people don't know what's up ahead 
and people don't know what to avoid or how to get through. But if they do manage to get through, the rewards are obviously potentially huge because they're the first people to traverse that path. But everyone who comes after has an easier time getting through because they can follow the path set by the people before them. But when they finally get there, there's potentially less for them to get. And that's kind of the way it is on YouTube. It's easier to walk that path now, but it's hard to get something at the end of it, kind of. I'm not sure if that analogy is the best one, but that's kind of the way I look at things. Simplify. Yeah, so good luck to Simbo making something on your channel. Stop stealing other people's memes off my Reddit. So with the Reddit recap, I have to, to some degree, just trust whoever is posting the thing to my Reddit are the ones who actually made it. This is the case, like, 99% of the time. Either that, or in the 1% of the cases, it's like just some random GTA meme or something, so not a big deal. But on my last Reddit recap that I released, I got this comment from McFly. 12.40 was my video. He stole it. I posted it months ago on my YouTube channel and the Reddit. And I responded, it did seem familiar, honestly. I guess he put it with the text. Sorry, mate, for the mistake. Like, it did seem familiar. It was this clip. The dude, like, made a meme of it, but it was ultimately the same thing. Yeah, so you may recognize it. Just wanted to put this in to say, sorry to McFly, thank you for making this. And uh, if you are posting something to the Reddit, please leave credit uh, who made it in the first place. Thank you. I'm not overly concerned about it because it is still at the end of the day about me and my footage, but uh, it's still not ideal. YouTube continues to unjustly copyright claim my videos. So I saw this conversation on Twitter about content ID free music. Copyright claim on this video for an epidemic sounds track that I have a license for. So I'm going to dispute it. If it doesn't go through by 5 p.m. tonight, I'm gonna pull the video. I saw another tweet where a person had a license for the song, or so they claim, and then they disputed it and the dispute was rejected. It is the case that when you use content ID free songs, that this is always gonna happen to you, sometimes where just every so often the rights to a particular sound or song will change hands and you'll pick up a, a claim. Either that or the system will inadvertently claim you and you have to go through the annoying process to get that stuff removed. In my case with Chill Hop, I think, I mean, use them for what, seven years now and it's probably like every six months I run into one of these kind of issues and 95% of the time they're resolved instantly. I send the dispute, that looks like this. It's a little bit harsh, I think, the dispute I use these days because I'm so sick of these things, but it still works, so let me just uh, let me bring it up. Hello, the music I use in this video is owned by Chill Hop Records and they have given me license for its use as shown in the guidelines and playlist. If the claim is not removed, I will have Chill Hop Records contact you with their legal department in the hopes of resolving the issue. Should you have obtained the rights to this song in the time since its use, as rare as that is, these rights do not extend retroactively. Remove this claim, you do not hold the appropriate rights to claim this music. Thank you, Matt. And so 95% of the time, the dispute will be dropped. There have been times where I've had to contact Chill Hop Records and their legal department has talked to the person who's claiming me and they've been removed. Every single instance has been resolved in my favor. And just 95% of the time, it's done within like a couple of days. And the other 5% has ranged from like weeks to maybe in one case, like months over the course of seven years. What I'm saying is if you use content ID free songs, you will largely avoid issues of being claimed, but you will still occasionally sometimes be claimed. New update on the never-ending blind saga. So I talked before about my blinds getting stuck as they're coming down. It's impossible to catch up all the details from all the previous events. Like if this is basically episode seven of season three of Game of Thrones. If you haven't watched all of it up to this point, I'm not gonna catch you up. But basically my blinds 
getting caught in the channels as they're going down. The thing they're now going to change is like the bottom of the blinds because it has like a bar. Like the blind isn't just like a sheet or something. Like it's got a bar at the bottom that moves a bit from side to side and stuff that goes down the channels. They're changing that now. Being given this picture, I don't really get it. If this is the bar at the bottom of the blinds and the blind like goes in this way, I suppose. This is like, it looks three times as large as the old blinds. How's that gonna work? I don't, I, I can't imagine how this is gonna look good, but the alternative right now is just that they don't function and get stuck all the time. So that not happening will be good. So we ended here. Thank you for watching and joining me on my new channel. I wish you all the best.